So I have this sign in my downstairs bathroom that says, everyone wants to change the world, but nobody wants to change the toilet paper. Be the change. <laughs> I live in an all-mill house, so I mean, it's kind of a given. Today we're going to continue our month-long discussion on change, whether you love it or you hate it. And today we're going to talk about how to use it to your advantage so that you can grow closer to God through it. So go grab your coffee and get ready because here we go. This isn't a game of ding dong ditch and don't worry, I'm not a solar panel salesman. I'm just here to see you friend. Whether you have spit up stains and cluttered counters or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, take a minute and come sit with me. Welcome to the JAR podcast with your host Lydia certified teacher, homeschool boy mom, oh lord help me, and marriage ministry leader, bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness. Together each week, we'll discuss our struggles, pain, and shame. We'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth, and we'll work through our mess and come out stronger, more confident, and rooted in our identity in Christ. So move your pile of laundry over. Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. As much as social media can be a vice or an idol or something that we have to cut back on, there are some perks to it. And what I love about my Facebook group, Christian Wife and Marriage Community, is that I get to essentially meet y'all virtually. It's kind of like we're sitting down to a cup of coffee at a coffee shop or on our couch and just having a chat and sometimes it's like there's a group of us and we're just all kind of sitting around and talking and encouraging each other and so if you're not a part of that community I want you to click on the show notes and join it or go to Facebook click on the search bar for groups and type in Christian wife and marriage community and I just so look forward to meeting you and if you've been listening especially if you're in another country there wouldn't be any other way for us to meet. And so this will just be so cool for me to actually meet you and for us to be able to talk. Last week, we kind of, um, or it was sort of an introduction to this topic on change and new things happening. And I figured January is a good month to talk about it because, you know, all of us are setting some kind of goal or resolution or have a word of the year or something so if you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend you go back and listen to it. It's short and sweet and just talks about how we grow and find hope in the new year and with change. And today I really want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into how, how we can handle change when it comes at us and really how to take advantage of change and use it for our benefit. It doesn't have to be something negative or bad, even if the circumstance itself is negative or bad. And if you stick with me through this short episode, I will explain just what I mean by that. There's this quote that I found by Abraham Maslow, and it says, In any given moment, we have two options, to step forth into growth or step back into safety. And when I read that, I thought, well, it's either safety or the status quo, right? When change comes, something happens, a circumstance happens to us, or there's something going on around us, we typically have those two options. 
we can either grow from it or attempt to stay comfortable, stay safe. And that's usually a protective measure on our part. We don't want to be stretched and grow or the pain just feels too big and we don't know how to move forward. And so we'd rather stay safe, even if it's not necessarily the best of circumstances. We just don't know how to use change to our advantage. And I know if you're listening, you probably don't want to just stay status quo. You don't necessarily want to stay complacent, but you also maybe aren't sure how and what the proper steps are to move forward, to keep going, to keep swimming, swimming, right? So in a list of stressors, I remember taking this sort of test. I don't know if it was part of a bigger test or what, but it was a checklist of sorts. And it was basically a list of all the major life events that can cause stress. Here are just some of them. Job loss, death of a loved one, separation or divorce, increased financial obligations or sudden change in finances, growing your family or parenthood, getting married, a sudden diagnosis of a physical illness or mental illness, a traumatic event, moving, and the list goes on for, for other things. But as I read that this time, I think I've been through just about every single one. Job loss, we've definitely faced several. And in fact, one year there were two job losses in one year. I have definitely faced death of a loved one, several. We have been separated, almost divorced. We have definitely had sudden changes in finances, some of them by choice, like buying a home, or some of them not by choice, like losing jobs. We have grown our family. We have two children. We've gotten married. My husband had a sudden diagnosis of cancer when we were dating. There has been traumatic events in our lives, both caused by ourselves and done to us. And as army brats, both my husband and me, we have moved a ton. And we kind of had that in our system even when we got married, moving seven times in 12 years. So I would definitely say that we have experienced our fair share of change and I have definitely learned kind of, I guess, some survival skills of how to go through change well and become resilient, but it doesn't mean that I've always handled it well and it definitely doesn't mean that change comes easy to me. I, I'm a person of routine. I, I like to know what's expected. I like to be able to predict and I'm a pretty predictable person myself. <laughs> I like consistency. So change to me doesn't always sit well or feel good, especially if it's a negative type of circumstance. And I don't think anybody wishes for any sort of negative change in their life. But life happens and there's sin in the world and people are imperfect and you're going to go through change. And I'm sure as you sit here listening right now, you're thinking to yourself, yep, and you're checking off that same list. Yep, been through that, been there, done that, and probably some other things. And so first of all, I'd love to hear what those changes are in the discussion that we're going to have in the Facebook group that I mentioned in the beginning. 
But one thing I can definitely speak to is growing up as an army brat and moving to different countries, continents, experiencing different languages and foods and friends moving and us moving and just the challenges that it can bring and the change that it can foster in someone, whether that's for the better or for the worse. And I'll say that there are definitely certain key pieces that kept me grounded, kept me relying on my faith, um, kept me from making poor choices. A, A lot of that has to do with my upbringing, my parents, my family. They were wonderful. They are wonderful. And we were very close, very tight. And no matter what changed around us, no matter what country we were living in, we had each other. And so one of the things, and this isn't even one of the points, but one of the things is a solid family foundation can really help to navigate change and to use it well for for your advantage. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper, but I I do want to make a point that we're not going to get into some of the more severe types of change. The last Saturday of the month, I am going to have a wonderful guest on who's going to help talk about how to stay anchored to the Lord and survive the waves of grief and the change that life throws our way on the 29th. So make sure to tune in for that. But today we're just going to focus on three ways to take advantage of change. You know, if it's inevitable, then how do we build up our ability to use it to help us dig deeper roots in who we are in Christ, our identity in Him, our relationship with Him? to help us remain firmly standing on the rock, you know, so solid and and sustained that change has no real power over us. You know that song that you learned growing up, the wise man built his house upon the rock, right? I'm not a singer, don't laugh at me. But it's building our foundation on a solid rock. And when those waves and winds of change come, we're not moved, we're not destroyed and we have that solid foundation. Or if you like the visual of the tree and the roots, it's digging those roots deeper and deeper so that when a storm comes, you're not uprooted and you're not fallen, you're not destroyed either. So number one, one way to use change to your advantage is as an assessment tool. Using it to assess your life, your personality, your reactions, when change comes, you become more aware of your approach and you kind of can assess where you're at and how you instinctively react or respond. It's like that gut reaction. There's a man named Dr. Nate Booth and he wrote something called Six Approaches to Change and he kind of used the visual of somebody going to the beach so there's six different approaches to change and this can kind of kind of picture yourself and <laughs> when you're going to the beach how would you react to certain scenarios here the first one is the avoidant approach it says i ignore change i have no idea what's happening <laughs> this is like a person going to the beach and sticking their head in the sand they don't want to go near the water They don't like sand. They just want to sit there. They don't want to experience anything around them. Number two, the apathetic approach. I sit and watch change. It's happening, but I don't care. 
Apathetic people go to the beach of life, sit on the bench, grumble to themselves, and watch everybody else swim and surf. So there's no participation, there's just a lot of bad attitude, and wishing that they were somewhere else. Number three, the resistant approach. I fight change. It shouldn't be happening. In that sort of fight or flight instinct, it's the fight. Resistant people go to the beach of life, paddle out on their surfboards, and search the ocean for big waves that they don't like. When they see one, they stand up on their surfboards and scream at the wave, get out of here. <laughs> Two seconds later, the wave hits them head on and slams them into the water. So it's kind of fighting against something that's naturally happening. And really, there's nothing that they can do about it. But they sure are going down without a fight. Number four, the reactive approach. I adjust to change after it happens. It's happening and I'm making reactive internal changes. Reactive people go to the beach of life paddle out on their surfboards, look away from the waves, get hit from behind by a big one, and get knocked off their boards. Now this one is kind of like they see change coming. They're maybe attempting to go out there, but maybe they fail at handling it the first time and a wave hits them from behind. You can get back up from something like that and live and learn, so to speak, as long as you learn from your mistakes and it's just part of the learning process. Number five, the anticipatory approach. I have a good idea what's going to happen and I'm making adjustments proactively. Proactive people go to the beach of life, pad paddle out on their surfboards, study the incoming waves and start paddling before the wave gets to them. Now they can ride the wave of change. Now obviously this one is even better. They're studying it, they're watching, they're aware, they're assessing what's going on around them and they're able to anticipate something happening by paying attention, by not being asleep, by watching carefully. The creative approach. Number six, I initiate change. I use change to shape the world around me. Creative people go to the beach of life, paddle out on their surfboards and make their own waves. Now they can ride on waves of their own making and other people have to respond to them. Now, life doesn't always give that option, but clearly you can see the progression of going from completely avoidant to facing it head on and determining to take control of the circumstances and the change. Now, obviously from a Christian perspective, I firmly believe that God is sovereign and he's going to allow certain circumstances in our lives to wake us up, to remind us of his power, to conquer sin around us or in us, and make us realize just how much, you know, maybe idolatry we have in our hearts or that we need to repent. And so some circumstances that bring about change are for a good purpose and reason. But we do have to, number one, assess. We have to be paying attention and looking around and be aware of our internal response to change. How do we respond when something happens? Do we avoid it? Are we apathetic? Are we resistant? Are we reactive, anticipatory, or creative? And so number two is really another way that you can use change to your advantage is um, best put in the words of Maya Angelou. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. <laughs> I love that so much. And what kind of attitude did Jesus have? 
or does he call us to have? And in the midst of change, attitude is the one thing that you can control. Let's look at a couple verses that talk about Jesus and how he responded to change or how he calls us to respond. And there's two words I want to focus on. One is rejoice and the other is the Beatitudes. In Matthew 5, verse 3, this is talking about the Beatitudes. Jesus is preaching on a mountainside after he saw crowds and he went up on the mountainside to sit down, kind of get some space, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I'm going to skip to verse 12 that says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. And what I love about those verses are, one, Jesus is calling us to rejoice. And he's giving us several examples of when change happens, how how important our attitude is, that we will inherit the earth and be shown mercy and be comforted in these times of change if we are meek, if we are poor in spirit, which is being humble, if we're thirsting for righteousness, if we are ourselves showing mercy and pure in heart and we're pursuing peace. In the middle of change, we can have attitudes of pursuing peace. If we're going through a damaging time in our relationship with somebody, we can still pursue peace. We can still be humble. We can still be meek. We can still be rejoicing in the fact that there is purpose to this. And that might be something that you absolutely hate hearing right now. But when change happens, the attitude that you have surrounding that circumstance is either one of resistance or one of softening and yielding our hearts to God and what he's trying to do in us. What is it in us that needs to grow? So being aware and assessing that and then changing our attitude. And I couldn't help but think about my childhood whenever my sister and I would have attitude problems or be, you know, just argumentative or something. My dad would always say, attitude check. And we would have to say, praise the Lord. And he would say it until we responded appropriately. And I think that's a good thing to say to ourselves. Whenever there's something going on and we feel a negative attitude coming on, maybe a resistance to something, a circumstance or a change, checking ourselves and saying, attitude check, praise the Lord. He is good all the time. He's still on the throne. He's the solid rock I can stand on and relying on that. So in the midst of change that maybe you cannot control, your attitude, you can. Now your feelings are going to be real. They are real. And some of them might be so big and so huge that you don't know what to do with them and it feels like your feelings are going to overwhelm your ability to change your attitude. And so 
I think a lot of that comes down to surrender. Giving that to God and saying, God, I feel so angry. God, I don't know what to do with this grief. It is massive. It's huge. And surrendering that to him and just laying it at his feet because nothing is bigger than him. And then you're going to be able to make a decision in an attitude that is rooted in surrender and in offering that to him and letting him work through your attitude. And it's just a reminder that in our own strength, we're probably not able to handle such huge change like the list that I mentioned in the beginning without him. But honestly, I think that that's what points to who God is. When people look at us as we walk through circumstances that are difficult and big moments and change, and they ask us, how are, how are you functioning? How are you going through this? How are you getting through this? How can you possibly have joy right now? I remember when my husband came home from being laid off one, one time, and when he told me, I mean, he was definitely nervous to tell me because, you know, he's a good husband and wants to provide for his family. But when he told me, I literally was not even phased. I said, okay. Honestly, there was zero fear in my heart at that very moment. And I, I'm not sure that I could say that about every single time if that happened again or that I've always been that way. But I definitely attributed my attitude of peace to God and the work that he was doing in me at the time and just knowing and trusting that if he's gotten me through change in the past, he would get us through that one too. So the third thing that you can do to use change to your advantage to keep growing deeper roots in God is to acknowledge Holy Spirit. What is he trying to reveal to you? What is he trying to whisper to you and get you to understand as you walk through this change you're going through? You know, it's not possible to be in a reflective mode with a bad attitude. <laughs> if you're resistant in your spirit or avoidant in your stance, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to acknowledge him. It's kind of like, you know, I, I picture one of my kids crossing their arms and not admitting their part in something because deep down they do know, but they don't want to admit it, right? And so the attitude in the heart is not yet willing to be reflective, to take ownership, or to change their stance. And with time and consistent, patient love and parenting, that does begin to change. And I kind of see God that way too. He's going to be patient enough to continue to stay where he's at and not change his stance, but wait for us to soften our hearts but wait for us to give up our bad attitude, but wait for us to acknowledge his sovereignty in our lives and in the circumstances. He's bigger than all of it. So kind of a tough love moment. Satan is sure to be happy with cliches that maybe we say to ourselves or to others like, I just don't like change, or I like things the way they are. Or maybe some of the like sneakier thoughts like, I just go with the flow. I just kind of roll with things. Are you really letting life be like the way that just hits you off your surfboard over and over again? Are you sticking your head in the sand and refusing to participate? 
Are you sitting on the bench with your arms crossed saying, well, I don't want to be here? I'm sure we've all felt that way, right? But we need to let our roots grow deeper so that when the waves come, when the wind comes, that storm of change comes, you're stronger. You're actually stronger than you were before. Because without those challenges and without that change, there wouldn't be any purpose to grow. You'd be fine with shallow roots because nothing happens. Honestly, I think that God loves us too much to leave us with shallow roots, to leave us where we are, because he knows. He knows the future. He knows what's coming. He knows how strong we need to be to be able to endure those moments. So he provides along the way little bits. Sometimes it feels like big bits, but little bits, little trials, little tests, winds, storms that come to allow us to continue to grow so that he's able to prove his sovereignty and his strength so that you're able to trust him in those really big moments and not be shaken. How does this all play out in a marriage or in relationships though? In two weeks, we're going to talk about how to embrace change in your marriage. And next week, I'll be sharing with you my word of the year and how it relates to change. So if you're in my Facebook community, you already know what that word is because you've had a sneak peek. So remember to come join. Go to Christian Wife and Marriage Community on Facebook or click on it in the show notes. And make sure to come back at the next couple weeks. We've got some great episodes coming out. I'm so thankful that you're here. And I pray that as you go through change this year, that you're able to take it and use it to your advantage and grow deeper roots in God. Loads of love, Lydia. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place.